starting to talk to your therapist about big world problems <laughs> instead of your own pussy bitch problems. That's funny because That's... I started talking to my therapist about big world problems. And she was like, what you're talking about here is self-actualization. And most people don't ever reach it. So, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That didn't do anything for any of us for your ego. <laughs> no, it would be bad if I did reach it. Or wait, maybe it would be oh. good. I don't know. So you were complaining to her about self-actualization and she was like, don't worry about that. You're never going to get there. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, uh, basically what I was saying was like, why can't I ever just get my life together? Well, I mean, that's not quite it either. It's like, how do I get my life together and in the process make the world a better place without destroying myself? <laughs> and she was like, that's not going to happen. Yeah, she was like, I don't, this is a tall order. Let's just focus on what's going on with your family right now. <laughs> Let's just focus on reframing your thoughts to start out. Right. <laughs> Did you, yeah. she took you to an island yet? She hasn't taken me to any islands. Buddy. When that happens, then you'll be in, in business. Check, please. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Tom, you didn't give me a check-in earlier. I ha- I asked I asked the Trillbillies for a check-in, and Tom denied me. I'm sorry. I was... I can't keep up with the group. If, if there's... If I'm in a group text more than one person, which wouldn't be a group text, forget about it. I turn my head for 20 minutes, and then there's... 900 messages our group text is not unmanageable yeah it was like six Thomas. texts tom yeah. i just said how you doing tom <laughs> well no i was just i was on calls too so well the point is in. now how you doing tom i'm okay i'm uh I think I'm allergic to my cat i'm sneezing all the damn time you're just discovering that y'all been together for years no, I've, I've been honest. I've been sneezing for several years, but now it's just like, hmm. Now it could be COVID, so you're noticing it? No, it's not. I mean, I've not lost my sense of smell or taste or anything. It's just. <laughs> I just meant we're more sensitive to our ailments now, I think. Yeah, to our. That's true. I am. Um, Very true. Speaking of self actualization and ailments, I think I've finally figured out the afterlife. I think I've finally figured out the proper attitude to have with regards to death and what comes after. And the hereafter. Well, okay. well the attitude's one thing. Finally! I was going to say, if, you th- if you've seen something we haven't seen, I'd just prefer you keep it to yourself. It's all the same for you. <laughs> oh, man, I want to know what's on the other side of the veil. I don't want to see it myself, but I want you to Again, relate it to truth, me. not helpful. Oh. Has yet to be at all helpful. This is not a this is not a peek behind the veil. This is not a look into the gaping maw of the abyss. Um, it's a logical, rational, reasoned conclusion about how to view death, about how to view the afterlife. Okay? Questions. You get this in therapy or... Because <laughs> if so, I won't, I won't in on I, I got it staring into a fire. So... You know, Nicole and I went up to... That's how, most, that's how most people have it intimated to them. That's right. Historically. Historically. Moses, Moses with the burning bush. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So already it tracks. So 
we went to Ohio this past weekend and hung out with some of our um, expat uh, diaspora Whitesburg friends up there. Friends and, and colleagues. Um, little super spread. And we were talking about, like, you know, life, death, <laughs> what comes after, etc. And, uh, and I think that... I think that the best way to look at this, the one that makes the most sense and is the least frightening, is reincarnation. For several reasons. Reincarnation allows you to not be terrified by the idea of eternity because ostensibly you forget, I guess, that you are a reincarnated soul, right? I mean, there are people on the planet who, who have not forgotten and who, like, at age three say that they're, re- you know, like, they're a reincarnated spirit from, like, 1921 who, like, witnessed their really? husband get murdered or something. Yeah. Three-year-olds yeah, say that? Me. So, Tanya, yeah, there are, a, like... <laughs> you don't think kids are creepy as fuck? Yeah, when they stare off at something that you can't see, I don't like that. I want to tell y'all something. Yeah. When I was a kid, I saw a, a... I can't swear to it that I saw it, like, in the physical realm, but I saw and remember clearly seeing a being by the light of my TV screen when I was, like, young. Uh-huh. Um, what was it doing? Sorry. Uh, it was just kind of there. It kind of looked like the dog from uh, Never Ending Story. Oh, my God. That was very <laughs> scary. Very unnerving. Yeah. In fact, I yeah. wonder sometimes if it's not a faulty memory and I was watching the Never Ending Story on TV. And it just, uh, you know how like the images kind of bounce? It could have been yeah. that, but I, it was very real in the moment. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I got a lot of those. I've got a lot of those. Or it could have been a past life. You could have been watching TV in a past life. Let's say maybe you were a four-year-old in a past life who got killed in a terrifying lathe accident at a factory. They were working in a factory for some reason because there weren't child safety uh, labor laws. You never know. And you were reincarnated as Tom Sexton. Is that... Maybe... A lot of labor history is just kind of based on, like, creepy children coming back. But So I was a textile worker in Birmingham in <laughs> 1784. You know what I mean? That kind of shit. Because you always see, like, a trope in scary movies. It's like like a little fancy lad and, like, a newsboy cap and some suspenders and some, like, rogue Oxford shoes. Yeah. <laughs> or at least in Insidious 1, there was one of those. What, right, well, right, let right. me ask you this. What do y'all make of Deja Vu? Do you feel like that's a little uh, a little sight into another life? When you get Deja Vu? Um, I, yeah, I get it all the time. Um, really? I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I get it all the time, too. I think probably the more rational um, Errol Morris umbrella man rationalization for that is that i've drank myself stupid yeah <laughs> so time has no meaning you know what i mean it's just like yeah. Uh, yeah right a lot of things are in motion and my mind gets boggled down by just stuff that hasn't happened but it feels like it's happening on that note i don't know about you guys but i have had the hardest time keeping track of things that happened just in the last year for example oh, so like my social yeah 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> the last year makes no fucking sense on any timeline, on any plane, in any nothing, none of it. Well, well it's weird because I can feel. So I know. So there's a specific date after which my social life is dead, right? It's like March 1st, 2020. And so, like, after that, I'm not really making any more memories. But I keep mistaking things. For example, we went on tour in 2019, and I was looking at pictures of that the other day, and I was like, damn, was that just a couple months ago? And it was like my brain could not (laughs) fathom the idea that I had lost a year. Does that make sense? Like, my brain keeps reaching for recent memories, yeah. and all it can pull from are older memories. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's true. I've been saying, yeah, we went on tour last summer. I was like, wait, that was two summers two ago. Two fucking yep. years ago. Yeah, I've been doing the same thing. It's because literally nothing happened last summer. Yeah. <laughs> last fall. Last spring. Um. I, yeah, but that is interesting. Like you're just our relationship to time and how that like developments can like stunt our perception of it and like our ability to comprehend it. Yeah. I, another thing that happens to me too, that I don't know if this happens to y'all, but like I like um, just like will remember things as happening like and it's kind of similar to what you're talking about but like remember things as happening like more recently yeah. like in February of 2020 a new epoch in my life happened right right I was talking to a friend about this the other day what's epoch everything that came after that <laughs> an epoch feels not like reality <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not just talking about this generic, like, damn, it and everything's fucking wild, man. It's a pandemic <laughs> and shit. I ain't talking like that shit. Like, we just, like, the platitudes we spout off about this thing. I'm talking about, like, I think it's not outside the realm of possibility this is a different a different timeline. The, yeah, the different dimension. I can see that. Yeah. When, when do you think that happened? I don't want to get into it, but it's about February of 2020. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. So everything in my world changed overnight and I was just like in the upside down. I'm still in the upside down. I have Yeah. I just don't recognize anything about this reality I'm living in. Yeah. Yeah, I'm there now too, but it's only been a few months for me. I definitely had I mean, surely we're all dealing with this just like really feeling as far removed from reality as we ever have yeah like i'm sure it yeah i'm sure technically it's depression and i was i'm sure it was technically a panic attack (laughs) but it definitely just felt like i just wasn't this just wasn't reality anymore (laughs) right (laughs) and i was ready to call 911 just to see if anyone would show up And you know if like Beetlejuice pulls up in his vehicle, that it's yeah. probably a safe bet. It's not reality. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just I think I've been having a hard time, and I, I worked through this in therapy the other day. But I've been having a hard time with the motion of time and like the concept of time. And. uh the number one thing I think that makes me depressed is the passage of time and how it happened. Like, just thinking about being on tour two years yeah. ago. Two, almost two years ago now, a couple months. I remember you pulling that wedge out of the trunk like it was yesterday. 
Yet I don't remember yeah. yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think it's because we basically lost a year. I mean, that's not an insignificant thing. It's really weird to think about. But, I, for example, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, when Tom and I moved in together, at that time, I had only been living here for like a year and a half. But so much changed in my life from the time I moved from Austin, Texas to the time Tom and I moved in together on Main Street in downtown Whitesburg. You let me tell you something interesting about that. I want you to look at the date today, February 3rd, 2021. Yeah. The day we moved in was February 1st, 2013. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That... that feels like last summer dude it's weird i think it's like when i look back on that time i mean not just not 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 just the fact that i'd moved halfway across the country to another world uh etc but like things were so like monumental i guess like big things happened like every month or so you know what i mean and now if I rewind the clock about 16 months, because that that uh, that all the things that happened happened in about 16 months. Now, 16 months ago, that was I guess when we were coming off that tour in 2019. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's crazy. Nothing really happened since then. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, you heard talk of this early on in the pandemic. People were like, oh, y'all can't just stay at home for a few months. And we've got people been locked up for their whole, you know, most of their fucking life. Yeah. And I wonder how this compares. Exactly. I wonder how this compares to, like, people literally being in solitary confinement for years. Well, I I think about that, too, just because, like, like the wherewithal. And I'm not comparing the two things because this is not at all bad. I mean, like, I'm. No, sitting here I, door door dashing. Sure. Yeah, no. If yeah. you want to know how bad it is, you know like I mean? magnify it by like a million. You can't. Yeah, you right. can't order yeah. food. You can't go anywhere you want. You're you're alone with your thoughts, twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. And but I, I can't. I I am bitch made in the grand scheme of things because <laughs> I couldn't even fathom that. It would be. It would just be so. I couldn't imagine coming away from a 10, 20-year prison stint where I had no. to do that no. shit and see ungodly shit a yeah. little too close well, for comfort. You're absolutely not the same person, and the only comparison is that we are absolutely not going to be the same people. No one is going to be the same Is the same after this. We're not the same right now as we were a year ago. Well, that is the interesting thing about prison. I mean, literally, it is punishing you by removing time. I mean, basically, it's like... You have three grams of weed on you. You have 20 years of your life. It's ours now. You've mortgaged your time to us because you had a plant in your pocket. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I know this is like, you know, we've banged this drum. We've we've banged every drum we know to bang. We're just going to keep on doing that. It's, spoiler alert. But uh, it is, it is un... You need to look no further than the punishments that we use in this society to measure it like that's it that's all you need to look at we we we've chosen homelessness we've chosen literal corporal punishment we've chosen to let people just disappear into solitary confinement until they are not even themselves anymore shell of themselves like 
these, these are all choices that we've made consciously as a society. We're it's over. Right. This is there's nothing. There's a, what's the read it back to us, Terrence. The <laughs> message on that uh, that thing out in the way out hob somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. The that monument. Long term nuclear warning message. <laughs> Turn away. Yeah. There's no. There's nothing of honor here. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Honor is yeah. an important thing to have in life. It really is. I mean, there you really realize in times of hardship how, like, simple, just simple concepts and values really go a long way. Like, honor. Just have a little bit of honor. Dignity. <laughs> respect. Those kinds of things. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny. We have a, we've abandoned those for shopping, essentially. <laughs> and, advertising. Uh, advertising literally took everything from us. <laughs> Well, consumption. Let me just give you an example. Yeah. Last week, when we had Alexandra Skaggs on the show, we talked about the Costa Concordia, which was a cruise liner that sank off the coast of Italy because the the captain basically drove it up on land and tore a massive hole in it. So as it was sinking, he just abandoned ship, left everyone on board, didn't just just bail. This happened in 2012, and so what I'm saying is that. You don't want to be that guy. You you want to make sure that no matter what happens in life, you just you have a little bit of honor. <laughs> just just be an honorable yeah. person. Just be somebody, you know. Yeah, that's it. You ain't got to do nothing. That just be somebody. Um. Well, anyway, speaking of honor. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dolly Parton. <laughs> Before we move on to this Dolly thing, let me just say, let's put a bow in this reincarnation thing. You guys should think, check it out. Just think about it. Because the scary thing about death is you're like, oh, I'm just not going to be here anymore. But you will be if you get reincarnated. But the thing about dying and, and living after death is that, oh, it lasts for eternity. But with reincarnation... You get your shit wiped every every time you you die. You know what I mean. So you don't remember your previous existence, unless every now and then there are a couple of mistakes will be made when yeah you will get put into the body of a three year old <laughs> and not have the ability to forget your past life, which apparently happens. Dude, but that just Tom, did you hear what I just heard? Yeah, I hope. I wish, like hell, it would record into the thing like I that. I wish it would. That was trippy. It was shit. so wild because it. Your what you just said, drug real slow, and then sped. You up. You sound like you were chopped and screwed there. <laughs> yeah, like, for real. And then you sped up to catch up, and it was fucking weird. You will be back <laughs> as something. A three-year-old. <laughs> but what it'll be, who knows? <laughs> Fuck. Well, let me ask you a question. Did you get any insights into what you're going to come back as or what you have been in the past? Uh, you know, um, I don't know. But let me say this. I mean, don't you guys, don't you, you've met people before in your life where you're like, I've known them before, right? You're like, I know them, you know? And it's more than just like, I've seen them somewhere. They remind me in of someone. biblical sense? <laughs> <laughs> no, like in the spiritual sense. Yeah, I did. I'll tell you this. I had a, a very strange experience with somebody that ended up being my sister one time. Oh, my no, God. No, it wasn't that. <laughs> oh, my God. But I, I, I can... I can... 
remember having a very being drawn to this person who ended up being my sister later on in a meeting that I, at the time we didn't know we were she still may not know but i know <laughs> i see but that was that was trippy as hell it's like you know that why chromosome you have well i got it too So anyway. you're saying that you've experienced this and, and that maybe you might have known this person in a past life. Well, we're actual literal siblings, but I felt but I felt that uh, a warmth, a connection based solely on a very brief interaction, if that makes yeah. sense. I mean, that kind of happened to my cousins. They met and, f- and found out they were sisters because they were in the same beauty pageant because they looked just alike. And they were in Little Miss Bell County. What? Yeah, and it was pretty crazy. They're half sisters, and the the older one, she's just like a year older, came up and said, "Like you're my sister." Holy to like shit! A, to like a five year old, <laughs> and she just started sobbing. It was like a whole situation. Anyway, they're full grown now. They're like my age, but wow. that's how they met. That's crazy. Was yeah. it one of those situations? I don't know if I would have went that route. What? At five, that just creates another trauma pathway, probably. Yeah, a six-year-old said, you're my sister. And then it was like looking in a mirror. They looked just like. You know, All my it's... uncles had just like tons of, of kids no one knew about. They didn't know about. It was, it was a flock. My uh, my friend, uh, well, I won't say his name on here because I'm going to say some <laughs> potentially identifying details, but he almost uh, had a thing with his sister one time because he had the disadvantage of being born to a guy that was something of a rambling man who had been the drummer for Percy Sledge, the drummer for George Strait, and later on, a guy in a metal cover band called Mr. Metal. <laughs> But Mr. Metal got around, and apparently some girl he was interested in happened to be sired by his oh my Mr. Metal, who also sired, sired him. Sired. Jesus Christ! So I can't talk. <laughs> that was a that was a near miss. I don't know how you come back from that though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just be, you talk about trauma. <laughs> oh my God! I'm yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, we've. We've gotten everything out of this reincarnation segment is we're going to get. <laughs> I don't know. We could. I mean, it feels like punishment, honestly, which means that probably is accurate that you never get to actually leave this shit plane. <laughs> you just keep coming back as some other shit. You come back as Joe Biden's dog or some shit. How did this? Tanya, you're going to come back as that, as that wall, that, that smiley cat wall clock back there just all for all the rest of eternity you just tell just wagging back and forth in your eyes it's not eternity that that clock's broke no wagon tail so you sit there fucking (laughs) the point still stands (laughs) i don't know how the rolls she's broke too i don't know how the rolls got flipped here where you've become the the black pill tanya and i'm like you know it might be nice to stick around here on this earth yeah i like this plane that's fine with me <laughs> i want to stick around as long as i can i was on that shit i was like man i'm gonna quit saying stuff like man just fucking kill me just fuck i don't want to die shit looks like it hurts yeah. well i did want to die for the 
for the last couple months of last year. And so when I once that I didn't, once you cross the plane back over, they everything feels so petty. Yeah. And I now I just don't nothing stresses me out. I'm literally in here smiling, loading the dishwasher. I'm like, I'm alive and I wanna be. Wow, <laughs> fuck. I get to load my dishwasher. It's like I, I mean I probably just this is like an afterglow, like yeah. a good acid trip, and it'll probably wear off. But I'm still in that. I mean I am black peeled for sure. That's a good feeling, I, honestly. It is really like you know people call me complain about stuff, and I'm like, yeah, man. But can you believe you get to load your dishwasher? Think about that next time you're <laughs> sad about your boyfriend leaving. <laughs> You get to just load your dishwasher. You get to just eat meals. You, you get, get to, to just do your fucking laundry and eat beef. You get to watch The Sopranos. Fuck, like right. it could definitely be worse. Yeah, what you, you get to you get to do something. You get to eat pussy, which is a weird experience, but like <laughs> nice, you know. Oh, I hope I eat pussy again. It feels so far away. Yeah, I should, that's a bad example right now. Ain't nobody eating no pussy. Yeah, right now. yeah. thanks for that. Um. I'm back to, back to wanting to die. <laughs> Never mind. No, I'm kidding. I, I'm definitely got an afterglow of like I'm alive and living. And in fact, I've really fucking lived for the first time in like a year Friday night. I want to tell you guys about it. Tell, but tell I don't want to. I don't want to shift. I don't want to shift gears before no, it's time. Go for it. No, go for it. Probably now's the time. Okay, we're well, gonna get to the meat here in a second. Yeah, we okay, well, get... just quickly for the first we got a show time, to get to. <laughs> yeah, for the first time in a year, I felt like I was in a crowded bar Friday night, but I was alone in my house. I've never experienced that. Zoom doesn't do it for me usually. Right. But I was in a Zoom that felt like a crowded bar. I got all dressed up. I made myself a steak dinner. I like did my make beat my face everything and then I was in this little stand-up show I got to do a little funny kiki for the people it was really fun and I have not laughed like that in a long time what was it uh it was this thing drew morgan does this uh eat fruit friday eat for eat fruit and fuck fridays every other friday they do like a stand a live stand-up show on zoom and it was fun as fuck it's it's drew and uh dj it was really fun i mean i don't know any of the people but they all they seemed fine they seemed cool by the end of it someone had already drawn me like we had a fucking court recorder they were they were like doodling fan art in the middle of the thing that's pretty tight yeah that's cool sound yeah at the end of it we ended up showing off all our worst tattoos that was pretty that was like the funniest bit of the whole thing very impromptu but you know i got some bad ones (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) oh my god it's rough Tom, you don't have no tattoos, do you? Neither one of you do, do you? I don't have any. I'm pure as the drifted snow. I'm going <laughs> name to keep it that way. Yeah, same here, man. My body is, well, a, is a temple. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, well, anyway. Any- <sighs> I laughed. I had big belly laughs. It was great. That's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, hadn't felt that in a long time. Again, everything feels... I'm in, I'm in the afterglow of, uh, you know, about as low as you get, I guess. Ready to call 911 for the last time. <laughs> right. God. <laughs> I've been there, my friend. 
I didn't have Tom here to take me to the hospital. (laughs) Buddy, I would have. I know. I'd have dropped you off, you know, in the parking lot. (laughs) And also made you ride in the bed of my truck. That's my favorite place to ride. (laughs) I would have sure have done it. Oh, my God. I'm reading this article in Jacobin. Don't hate the dolly. Hate the game. Oh, God. Jesus Christ, man. Well, let's get it over with. Man, (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. When that, the person that wrote that, when that, the first take was that, like, Dolly's like our queen take. Yeah. Okay. Comrade Dolly take. You mean that one way back? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this this person wrote something for Jackman. This is kind of like the hedge. Like, oh, damn. All right. Still, it's not Dolly's fault. It's capitalism's fault. Right. Well, here's the problem with that, friends. Is <laughs> nobody, uh, the website man, Squarespace, didn't hold a gun to Dolly's $800 million head and say, hey, why don't you uh, make a perversion out of your song 9 to 5 so uh, we could sell more subscriptions to our website building service. <laughs> right. That's all I want to say to don't hate the dolly, hate the game. Right, right. What's the game? Capitalism? Capitalism. Uh, well, it, I think it, it's it. like, I think it's more the message behind the remake. So the remake is quite literally about you get off work at five, and that's when your hustle begins. And so basically it is an anthem for entrepreneurs. I think that was literally how it was billed. Squares. Oh, you're talking about the new, the remake? Yeah. Yeah, the remake. Yeah. For those keeping score at home, that's a 16-hour work day that she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so there, the labor movement, was that's like two-thirds of the for what you will, for yourself, and, you know, for sleeping. Right. Or, wait, I got that fucked up. You know, for the boss, for you to sleep. That's right. Um, Dolly's suggesting that you take sleep and your free time and also work during that. <laughs> there's a part in <laughs> that song. There's a part in the song that's like, you keep working, 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 working. It says working like five or six times in a row. It's just like... It's almost nope. like a work... It, yeah, it's like, dude, it's like it's like they're trying to beat propaganda in your head or something. And I exactly. like, did Dolly not say... Nah, my, she made a whole movie. A whole fucking movie about this. This isn't like she, you know, she... She pinned the song, which is significant. She sang it probably a million times in her career. Right. When did the, when did Nine to Five come out? 80, like 81, 81 like that. or eighty two, I think. And she made a whole fucking movie about it. <laughs> I mean, you really can't get a better demonstration of how badly things have decayed. Where like in that song, it was like an anthem for. War. I mean, you know, it's just like, you know. I'm not going to take this bullshit from the boss anymore. And now we're just like, well, we're just so resigned to everything. We're like, um, I- I'm fine working my three jobs a day, uh, never sleeping. <laughs> but now it, the, the framing, though, is like, you're the boss now. You can make a website to sell your tchotchkes and your tarot readings and just keep working forever. All hours of all days through a pandemic. I, this is a yeah, this is during a pandemic, which I think is also significant. This is the first Super Bowl during a pandemic, right. which there shouldn't be a Super Bowl, right? That's common yeah. knowledge, right? We're, we're 
Right. I mean, we're all in agreement on that, but I would I would argue that in a normal year. Yeah. It shouldn't be football. Because <laughs> there's something called CTE that yeah. we know about now yes. that we should probably be addressing. And I I'm hypocritical. I still watch it, but I admit up front we should probably be transitioning away from football. Yeah. Can you can you imagine being a parent right now letting your kid play football, putting your kid in little peewee fucking football? Can you can you fathom that? I could just just can't fathom like my insides being a Hieronymus Bosch painting between a virus in my lungs and like brain damage. You know, just like there's <laughs> 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 just a lot to take in there. But no, it's like it's 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 fucking it's just it's just un. The thing too, I think about the Dolly thing is like nobody just nobody says the obvious take is that perhaps somebody worth eight hundred million dollars is out of touch, even <laughs> if she's from humble beginnings. You know what I mean? Well, this is the problem with trying to trying to carry your identities into a new class strata. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like at a certain point you just can't do that you know what i mean even this show i can't in good conscience sit here and pretend that i'm like this fucking little fucking mountain shoeless mountain boy right you know what i mean right i make a good living i you know i do something i'm fortunate enough to be able to do something thanks in no small part to people listening here that i can you know it's a decent little side hustle and i'm you know have a a, a gig that pays fairly well too so it's like like I grew up extremely poor, but I can't, like, just call that forever and hope to ride on my poverty laurels because, you know what I mean? Because I don't fucking live in the back of a Buick Skylark anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nothing like that. Well, shout out to all the shoeless mountain boys out there. <laughs> but since when does it ever get, like, I just don't, I, I'd like to know at what point that became that opened doors for you we may because the whole time i felt like a total piece of garbage at eku even in high school being the only person who didn't have a ride home from softball practice because <laughs> my mom right. was at work when did that ever open a door for anybody like and now there's a whole like this like valor conversation and I guess it's the circles we've created our, in our, for ourselves on Twitter. But, like, that wasn't fun. No, I'm not. It's not. I, I agree. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying that, like, it doesn't shape you or anything like that. Right. But at a certain point, once you accumulate a certain amount of wealth, your class interests change. If And it's easy to allow it to happen, I'm, I'm guessing. I'll go ahead and tell you, a hot tub has changed me. I'm much happier. <laughs> oh, we know. <laughs> We're well aware. We're, 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 we're not hot tub rich yet, but we're climbing towards you. Trying to get there. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I guess the... the I mean, it's pointless to kind of take a victory lap on the Dolly thing, because it's really not. It's just funny. I mean, that's really... That's all there is, too. It's just funny. It's another know, drum that's so just going to... on Twitter. Yeah, it's just going to keep coming around. And, like... I still like... I have fucking Dolly Votif candles people have bought me that I'm not taking down. Jesus. I have. Well, I do want to say one thing, though. <laughs> Only one thing. And I pointed this out on Twitter. It's the last thing I want to say. Just go to our episode with Justin from Well, There's Your Problem Pod. 
go if you haven't saw my tweet about this go to the 645 timestamp and then go and watch the dolly super bowl spot and go to the 42nd timestamp right. and then send money to at tom sexton on Venmo. <laughs> oh my God. well the 40 so I-, I have a crystal ball you're not going to tell us what you said on the episode you have to go see it i just called it so i'm gonna say i called it you called her saying uh your no, dream- i called a very specific detail yeah, it's true you can make her dreams come true your dreams come true no. isn't that what she says at the 40 minute mark i can't remember the thing oh my god you've got the whole damn song memorized Tanya, you're a crypto dolly fan it ain't crypto <laughs> i'm pretty upfront about it also, I did God. what you said, except not at the on the episode. But I went to the forty. I just listened to the whole thing, and at the forty second mark, it said something about dreams, right? Chasing your dreams, maybe. Tanya, go watch it again. Come All right. <laughs> but her whole fucking trip is dream. She has the Dream More Resort, which was another thing twenty twenty took for me. I was supposed to stay there. Didn't dream, happen. Maybe dream. Resp- resort and spa. Um, it's uh, yeah. well. I mean, the other thing is that she just this week. I mean, we literally called this. She we called this back in, I think when we recorded that episode. I remember, but she announced this week that she was offered two presidential medals of freedom from Trump and turned them down both times. And, Did she uh, say why? I guess because it's Trump. I su- I assume. But she didn't say specifically because she said she claims she's not political. Right, right. Like she but I think that was a wink and for. I think that was like a like wink that. and nod thing. It's like the thing about Dolly, and I'm realizing this, Tanya. I'm realizing this as you're talking about still having the votive candles and the background and all this. The thing about Dolly is that if you're a raging Trump MAGA person, and you hear that, she still gives an out. For every fan, she mm-hmm. gives an out. She says, I, I, I didn't take two medals of freedom from Trump. And then she winks at the camera. And then you're like, was it because it was Trump? Or is it because she's a noble, honorable person? And then, you know, and so we all get to read into that what we want it to be. What we will. And there's never any, like, never any stance that, like, it's, she's, she's, I don't want to say this to like just be too dramatic, but it is like just cowardly show business stuff. You know what I mean? What like, you don't want to alienate any fan. You don't want yeah, to I mean, like yeah, fuck the bag up in any way. She is a yeah. business woman. Well, the she reason is a, no, you're right. The, but the reason that we're even having this conversation is because somewhere along the way in the last couple of years, people started trying to make her political. Otherwise, she would just be in every other entertainer's category. Yeah. In my mind is just a soulless, cynical bastard who just you know doesn't have any values or whatever but at some point people started reading all of their politics namely liberals the same liberals who you know take game of thrones and harry potter and parks and rec and (laughs) apply it to every other thing in the world they've also done that with dolly and so that's the only reason we're talking about it right now 645 on a wednesday well i will say she's not 
Well, they cover all this on Dolly Parton's America, that podcast. They talk about how she's, like, so clever and threads every needle. Even, you know, in real time, in interviews, she always leaves an out, like you say. And they go, they go into detail about that. So you can listen to them talk about it. <clears throat> I know. Whatever. We're not trying to promote <laughs> that fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, oh, I listened to it, though, by the way. <laughs> I did, too. Um, and, but, and, and she, like, tries to, she... She won't say direct things politically, but she obviously, and I think we even covered, talked about this in the Dollyology episode, is that she obviously has political leanings that she's been unable to avoid. For instance, gays. She loves drag queens. She loves the gays. She's made that clear multiple times, multiple ways. Also, a lot of her earlier songs are pretty political. She's got songs about abortion, all this shit. You know what I mean? Right. It's like that. That Although these are things that shouldn't be political, they are Right, right. Yeah. I, my question is, and I know Dolly's been a gay icon for a number of years now, but I wonder, like, at what point it was, like, it, politically expedient for her to, like, be that. You know what I mean? Because um, my hunch is she wasn't doing that on Porter Wagner's show. No. I would, or Cass Walker's <laughs> hour. You know what I mean? I would venture to say it... Uh, hit the accelerator about 12 years ago when RuPaul's Drag Race premiered um, and she's always she always comes up she's like usually some joke or like someone does an impression of her she's always in she's frequently like parodied on the drag circuit you know? yeah like, and RuPaul's yeah. Drag Race is now the most successful like show ever it has like RuPaul has set a world record for Emmys Wow. Um, Well, I mean, once again, there's nothing really to say about it. We haven't already said about it, but it is a very funny song. Just as a standalone thing, as a story, from from beginning to end, as a story, it's hilarious that someone wrote a song called Nine to Five, and then in in you know in 1980 or whatever, and then in 2021, things are so hollowed out and stripped of all (laughs) meaning. We're all so overworked and underpaid, and 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 so that's that's the only thing we can imagine now. We're just like, well, we can't do anything to help people, so just work harder. Just work harder. Keep working, 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 work. Just stop. Just keep working until you're dead, because that's all your life is, motherfucker. <laughs> it truly yeah. is pandemic propaganda. Like, yeah, keep working through a pandemic by making your own website. <laughs> fucking bleak well that's the order of the day honestly across the board that is what biden and these people tell you every fucking day with the stimulus check and then i mean like they really do tell you every single day you're not in the driver's seat what are you kidding me shut the fuck up you'll take what we're gonna give you you know what i mean like that's 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 their lesson that's what they've taken away from beating bernie and and the defund the police commit uh demands that's they're just like no you're gonna do whatever the fuck we say there's nothing conciliatory about it, and it's like, do you remember just a few short months ago when everybody was like berating you from be- for being obstinate about like, or like negative about like, the Biden shit and all that kind of yeah. stuff? <laughs> really? And they it's were. Like, it's like, yeah, absolutely. You didn't experience any of that. <clears throat> I've been in a dark hole, Tom. No one dared come for me. <laughs> yeah. I've been one edge away from strangling a stranger. 
Now, Don't well, well, no. Now I'm feeling more rage. I've been thinking a lot about that scene in Fried Green Tomatoes when that when that young girl takes her parking spot and she just rams her car into the girl's car and's like, right. Fuck you. I kind of want. I like fantasize about those moments. Yeah. At this point. Well, we all. But yeah, we nobody. Have, we, we yeah, I've been too our, sad. Nobody, nobody's ways. fucking with me. My therapist um, says my anger is just my stage, the stage of grief I'm in. She says it's totally normal. So <laughs> it is I'm totally riding normal. it out. I'm riding it out. I experienced it. If you go back and listen to the pod, probably March 2019. To <laughs> <laughs> okay, what December was your timeline? How how long do I get? <laughs> You're bouncing back a lot quicker than I did. I'll say that. I do feel pretty good and strong these days. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even think, think I really got over that shit until like maybe six uh, months ago. <laughs> I'm definitely not over, over anything. I'm harboring a lot of anger. Yeah. Tell you that. Yeah, that'll happen. It, you'll have those on those big jobs, as Tom likes to say. <sighs> the big jobs. But I am really angry at, at Joe Biden. I'm really angry at whoever is dragging you and me and whoever else for love. It, we knew this was going to happen, but like in the Trump years, maybe we didn't even feel it necessarily because we were dragging liberals that whole time. But there was a little, it was a little bit more of a dare I say unified front. <laughs> I, I absolutely hate to use. I, I agree. Hate to use the U word, yeah. But uh, and now that it's it's worse. Things feel worse because everyone's like. Or not everyone, but like libs, and I'm when I I'm talking about libs in my life, like liberal, close, like my loved ones, people who I love, who are like, oh, did Biden just on the first day did all those executive orders? Oh, thank God, la la la. And I'm like, where's my money? Where, where, where's the money? Give him time, Tanya. He's got a big mess to clean up. Okay. Was I know this is that's what you just said, Terrence. Is like I know this is what like we're like T minus nine months away from him running on. He's got to clean them running on. He's got to clean Trump's mess up. Give him time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it's gonna be saying three years from now. There was a big mess yeah. to clean up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what he's that's what he's gonna run again after he's already intimated that. Oh, I just want to be. I'm just going to clear the way for somebody else to step in there. You can bet your bottom dollar if the motherfucker's got six brain cells left to cobble together, he's going to run again. Oh my god! Well, they every single fucking day that that we don't have money, we're not being paid to stay home, and the fucking economy isn't shut down. Joe Biden is a murderer. I don't care. Like <laughs> this man is, has blood on his fucking hands. You know, that's just all there I, is I to agree. it. I no, I absolutely agree. I mean, and it's very and and of course we don't. As if he don't still have tons of Iraq blood on his hands, and yet and yet yeah, and every prisons, day he's stacking, yeah. yeah, stacking his fucking body count. That is true. And we're praising, we're praising him. He, he, by the minute he's stacking a body count, and we're praising him for signing documents, <laughs> for writing his oh, fucking re- name. He's reversing the Muslim bans. Like eh, we shouldn't have had a Muslim ban. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's just doing the bare minimum decency. He's sending trans people to the front lines of Afghanistan. <laughs> Hell yeah, he baby. fucking haul. Good on you, Joe. 
put some put some fucking hair on y'all's chest. Oh my god. Jesus. Fuck. No, I I I agree. Um you know, it's really it's bad because to your point about the sort of unified front or whatever. It's like in the Trump years, we were all kind of brought under the same vague umbrella of Bernie. We're like, oh, he's going to run again, probably. So, you know, we're in this. We might have some political differences, but we're all on the quote-unquote Bernie left. And so that kind of held us together. And we were all kind of united in a way with the liberals in our hatred of Trump. But now we have neither of those things. Trump is gone, and the victory of Biden means that Bernie will never be president, like, obviously. like, And so we've got nothing. And so let's just spend all day tweeting shit at each other and just getting into the most meaningless arguments and debates of all time and just tear it that's all they do just tear each other apart all fucking day it's amazing it's making me feel stupid like y'all know i mean it's you know i'm not the fucking princess of twitter i've never really understood it fully okay okay i'll admit that but I shouldn't have to be glued to a website all day to be able to keep up with like the most minute well, it, of details. It, it doesn't of matter. That, no, you don't have to. Nobody needs to. The point is, is that that is what is done objectively. That's what they do. You don't need to know what the content of it is because none of it matters. <laughs> well, I keep having to text you all. What the hell's going on? And what I keep I telling you, it doesn't matter. <laughs> You're like nothing. <laughs> well, and and it's like it's. I, and it most most of the time it turns out that I basically knew what was going on, but it made so little sense right. that I thought I questioned my own sanity. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings us back to, you know, what is reality at this point. Right. <sighs> um Anyway, I, I have I have like a, a very you know, obviously I've said I'm angry and I have a very unchecked anger with the Dems right now that's just like boiling and brewing and getting worse and worse and uh well it's just it's it's uh, it's impossible to put into words how bad everything is right now let me if if you're game i want to prod that a little bit let's light some fire under that anger that's already burning because this will get you grinding your teeth you're gonna love this (laughs) this is in politico the article is titled House Dems Move to Yoke GOP to QAnon. House Democrats are preparing to center their strategy for the far off midterm elections on a simple, aggressive message. Republicans are the party of QAnon. Making an unusually early move to protect their narrow majority, House Democrats' campaign arm on Tuesday launched its first TV ad campaign, Spotlight campaign spotlighting supporters of the fringe conspiracy theory including those who stormed the u.s capitol on january 6th it is the first step in a larger plan orchestrated by the democratic congressional campaign committee's new chair sean patrick maloney of new york to exploit the growing friction between trump hardliners and establishment republicans in the gop base which maloney sees as a major weak point for the party if Kevin McCarthy wants to take his party to crazy town and follow these dangerous ideas, he shouldn't expect to do well in the next election, Maloney told Politico in an interview. <laughs> crazy town. Um, and it's important to the country that the Democratic Party continues to be the responsible adult. Oh, this, my, oh my God. God. <laughs> Blood on their hands. 
Americans. <laughs> they this is they always pull this shit. I mean, you know you know what you know what image comes to mind right now? Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi kneeling in a kente cloth. Mm-hmm. That's the image that comes to mind at this moment. It is very funny the adults because in the room, you can just imagine this like sniffling little fuck just being like, mm, "Now I've got the solution." Uh, we're, Kevin McCarthy wants to take the party to crazy town. Uh, it's important that the country should know the Democratic Party continues to be the responsible adult. <laughs> it's like, what? What would make you think that that is a a winning formula? Um, oh God, I'm gonna dip you in a vat of acid, whoever you are, pal. <laughs> One day, truly, might not be today, might not be tomorrow. Well, we've said this before, but these people belong in empty rooms with a drain <laughs> to the end of time. Yeah. Um, uh, the thing I think about, I, I I have no idea how you sit here and. The phrase coastal elite, which I hate, okay, I hate, but it's entered the cultural lexicon for a fucking reason, right. okay? And this never-ending stream of trying to understand the Trump vote and all this kind of stuff, it's like Joe Biden gets elected and they just forgot all that because <laughs> you know what it's like? Let me tell you what it's like. It's like when you've grown up poor and you get a little bit of, like, a, a, a good paycheck for the first time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like, if you're anything like me, you go out and you you just go indulge yourself in whatever you want to indulge yourself in. My, my usual being uh, at one time booze, clothes, and right. chasing women. Right. But uh, but it's just like you just like you just like every lesson about like you know maybe just like fiscal responsibility or whatever just like goes out the window. You're like, no, nah, fuck, no, nah, I'm gonna go <laughs> fucked up. Which is a good impulse because you should because you in the long run you can't win against this. Right. Right. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying, man? It's like they've just they've they have they have absorbed nothing. Nothing. Like I can't find a a bottom of my anger and rage, though. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like it, it, it's like my relationship with the Democrats is like my relationship with like people that I absolutely hate, but I can't unfollow them on Facebook because I love to hate their posts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like that kind of abuse. It's yeah. like, oh, this motherfucker's always going to say some dumb shit that's going to get me, like, just enraged enough to where it's fun. You know what I mean? But not enraged enough to where, like, I actually want to, like, go break something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah that's what I'm, it's like. I'm, I'm, I've crossed, like, I've crossed one. I, I want to break stuff. Well, I mean, with the Democrats, <laughs> yes. I'm talking about with. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, you missed the metaphor, but sorry. anyway. <laughs> um but I do have a question about so is it a bad idea to to tie the Republicans to QAnon? <laughs> this is a good question. I don't think that's the bad idea. I think the bad idea is, is saying like the alternative being like the the party of college education and all that so i didn't get to themselves i didn't get to get to that point um so the reason why it's a bad idea is because they're creating a dichotomy they're saying that the democrats quite explicitly they say literally this maloney dude he says they can do QAnon. he's referring to the gop they can do QAnon, or they can do college educated voters they cannot do both 
So oh, yeah, I, that's right. that is why I think that it's not a good idea. That's the first reason. There's two reasons why I think that it's not a good idea. That's the first reason. The second reason is un, uh, is spelled out later on in the article. Basically what he says is QAnon is not you know, an especially popular movement at the moment. Um, but by, I don't know, by like tying the GOP to them, it's like, don't you think that they're going to wind up making it more popular than it already is? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's the it's the Strassan thing, man. Right. I mean, that's kind of what they did with the Tea Party shit. Honestly. Right. And then we got all these fucking Tea Party candidates. Well, but they were, but the thing about them is they were successfully absorbed into the mainstream Republican Party. I don't know that's going to happen for Marjorie Taylor Greene, particularly because they're looking at removing her from all of her committees and all that kind of stuff. But the actual drawing attention to that, she is correct. The actual drawing of attention to, like, that is going to make it rise in popularity because you're also dealing with an environment where everybody wants to see Joe Biden thrown into the jaws of a Hieronymus Bosch figure again to use that. You know what I mean? They're so they're so fucking stupid, man. Like they they don't they don't understand that they're deeply despised by a lot of people. Let let me read. And that their moment came just because people are desperately grasping for a sense of normalcy, a sense of decency, a sense of just dignity. Right. They can't see that, like, <laughs> I don't know, man. That shit is not going away anytime soon. It's, now, and it's pretty It's pretty weird that they're coming so hard for well, what's her tits, yet Ted Cruz reigns on. You know, I just. Uh, well, let anyway. me finish. Let me, let me continue on this article. Uh, Maloney has the unenviable task of shielding a razor thin Democratic majority during a redistricting cycle and a midterm election. So that's something I totally forgot about. They are going to have to start redistricting soon because the census results are about to come in. Um, And so uh, he's betting Democrats can mount a successful offensive using the kind of culture war attacks the GOP ruthlessly deployed against Democrats last cycle, including the barrage of defund the police ads that forced moderates to run away from the party's left. The GOP's waffling on QAnon has been on full display in recent days, as party leaders struggle to contain the fallout from the extremist rhetoric of freshman Marjorie Taylor Greene. McCarthy has been largely silent as Democrats have moved to sanction her. Um, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, however, took the highly unusual step of denouncing a House member, a move Democrats say underscores the GOP's split. Um, and here's where we get the, co- the quote. They can do QAnon or they can do college-educated voters. They cannot do both, Maloney said. Um, party strategists are betting the rights embrace... Party strategists are betting the rights embrace of the far-fetched conspiracy theory will be politically toxic and hamper their efforts to win back the House in 2022. No, it's not. No, it's not, dude, because... Oh, my God. They, they, they don't understand. The reason the GOP is so... is. As successful as they are is because they are exactly a big tent that includes fucking uh, Warren Worthington III <laughs> kicking his feet up in the goddamn Hamptons <laughs> and fucking uh, Jethro Bodine over here on the QAnon Reddit. You know what I mean? Like, they're not mutually exclusive. I know. Like, when you are a reactionary party, when you're a fucking reactionary party, 
you don't get to have your drethers. You take anything you can get because how the fuck do you think these people are so goddamn despised and unpopular yet manage to stay in power an inordinate <laughs> amount of the time? Right. Yeah, you're absolutely like you, right. You, you you don't get like you know what I'm saying. You take whoever the fuck is going to like vote for you. <laughs> you you're, know what I mean? Like, you're absolutely right. Giving them ultimatums is the most asinine thing in the world. When has that ever fucking like, man? Dude, I really want to fucking, I really, listen, I don't wish ill on anybody, <laughs> but there is a class of people I wish ill on that I wish th- that they would find themselves like journalists in like Juarez in like 2007. <laughs> and it's like lanyard dicks that fucking, god damn, it's not a fucking game, you fucking dweebs. God uh, fucking damn it. Um, Already, Democrats are seeing encouraging signs. Challengers in Republican-held districts are beginning to jump off the sidelines, citing the attack last month as a motivation for running. Republicans have done a hell of a thing by motivating really top-tier quality candidates to raise their hand, said Tim Persico, the DCC's executive director. The events of January 6th and the subsequent coddling of QAnon and the refusal to take any responsibility, I think that that has had a profound impact on people's interest in running. Um, Democratic recruiters, I'll tell you who one of the candidates are that they've recruited lately. Uh, Jay Chin, a lieutenant commander in the Navy Reserves, who lost his race. Jay Chin. (laughs) Do what? Who's Jay Chin again? I don't know. He's a he's just a troop. They're hi- it's, it's the Amy McGrath thing. They're just hiring more troops. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't know, man. This this Jay Chin guy, he was a naval intelligence officer stationed in Kuwait when a Shiite militia stormed the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad in December 2019. Attacks that he monitored in real time. He said he experienced deja vu watching domestic terrorists invade the seat of U.S. government. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my fucking god. This is who the Democrats are recruiting to run. Um, If this was orchestrated by any other country, this attack on the Capitol, it would have been considered an act of war. But because these were Trump supporters, because this was incited by the president, then all of a sudden patriotism is thrown out the window. Like, the thing, the fascinating thing is, like, these don't, these guys don't understand that these people are also patriots. They quite literally have two different views of america that are so far apart i mean as a leftist i get to say this because i hate america and death to america fuck this goddamn place (laughs) (laughs) but they don't understand but they don't they don't see that in the QAnon person's mind they are just as much of a patriot as anybody else they don't understand that they they don't understand that storming the capital is patriotism to the QAnon people it's fascinating it's actually what this country's built on. Like, people act like... You made a good point, Terrence, I've been thinking a lot about the last couple of weeks, is that the founding of this country was the result of a right-wing revolution. <laughs> right. On the left, we tend to just... Our conception of revolution just ends with, like, the French Revolution and, like, left-wing revolutions. But, like, they play out in all sorts of ways and orientations. And to borrow that Max Elbaum phrase, there is revolution in the air, and it's not just left revolution from, like, sort of our nascent yep. left movement... There is also something else brewing over here too, and it's an open question who who like sort of takes the roses in the yeah. end. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's the damnedest thing. Man. Yeah, I mean that has been a really 
amazing thing. Like, you have this Thomas Jefferson quote that quite literally says, the tree of liberty must be watered with the blood of tyrants or some shit. And people sit around saying, well, I don't understand this cure. These people aren't patriots. They want to kill most. They want to split Nancy Pelosi's wig. I don't understand. It's just yeah, me too. It's like maybe you don't have a slave owner write the founding fucking document. I don't know. Yeah, just the, just the, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe quit being uh, all this like uh, you know what's wrong with America can't be solved with what's right with it and all that kind. Yeah, of well, shit. what's you know wrong what I mean? with it is so bad it can't fucking write any of the wrong. It, you would not say that about Hitler's Germany. Like if Hitler had somehow yeah. kept on to power and kept ruling, you wouldn't say, "Well, we can write this wrong from Hitler's wrongs." Nobody would in their right minds would ever fucking say that. But we did that to the indigenous people here, and we still say, we still tell ourselves. You ma- ima- Imagine that. Imagine rehabbing Nazis. Yeah. It, and we, we have a Nazis. holiday to celebrate it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's just, it's, I, I don't know, the cognitive dissonance. Uh, it's just. Uh, something insane. I like to I point out on Twitter from time to time. There's a very specific, like, you can draw, like, the ill a str- through line from what's wrong with America right now and the crisis we face and all this kind of stuff to why we have, like, uh, Nathan Bedford Forest Middle School. You know, that exactly. Could yeah. you imagine? Could you imagine having Joseph Mingle middle school? Dude, it's really. I mean, you're absolutely right. Well, I mean, but- and this all brings me to like how I mean, this is this is what makes it feel. It's just like really hard to wrap my head around reality right now because you know I I I think. I'm a socialist. I want the government to operate in a way. I want there to be a big government umbrella that supports the people. What the po- what's the fucking point of government, right? What is the literal goddamn point other than to make everyone safe and happy and whole, right? Like we create this thing that, that it's literally just a safety net. That's the whole point. This is the opposite of that. It's the literal <laughs> fucking opposite is what we have right now. And it's very difficult, like... Everything I say just sounds like totally black-pilled anarchy because all the government we have operating right now is so unbelievably fucking maniacally violent and murderous at this point. The bodies are piling up around us, literally. We're watching fucking funerals on Zoom. Like, it's right. just how... I have watched drone footage of mass graves being dug in this country and put like I just don't know where we're going from here. What's the fucking what is the goddamn climax here? I don't know. I mean, I think it's still a little ways off. You know what I'm saying? I'm waiting for that Adam Curtis documentary to come out to get some answers myself. (laughs) That's the only thing I'm looking forward to right now. Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. To answer your question, Tanya, I mean, I think that we're probably in one of those liminal spaces between the next phase of whatever crazy shit is about to happen. Um, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'll like, be in my hot tub if anybody needs me. <laughs> Just <laughs> steaming, literally. Um, let me finish. Me, well, all I'm saying is, don't be surprised when you have um, President Tom Cotton and Vice President Marjorie Taylor Greene. Right. <laughs> Whatever. 
No, you, I, I just no. There's nobody. Who else is going to answer the bell? You know what I mean? And harness the energy of the Trump thing. Either the, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. But we, what we do know is we don't have an opposition party. We have uh, just a. Well, I mean, it's a well-trodden territory, but we just have people that are content to be the adults in the room. I lost you guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we need you. You're the adult in this room. Sorry. Sorry, I lost you. So you can hear me again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're good. Okay. Um, hello, hello. So let me finish this article, okay? Um. Maloney argues there's a big difference between the GOP's attacks in 2020, which exaggerated the Democrats' position on policing reform and other issues, to be Democrats' attacks against QAnon. Their characterization of our party in the last election was a lie and an effort to demagogue. What I'm talking about is a clear-eyed description of the power Marjorie Taylor Greene and others have right now in that caucus. Democrats want Republicans to spend the off-year answering for Q-curious members such as Greene and Lauren Boebert, as well as the 139 House members who voted to block certification of the election results just hours after a violent pro-Trump mob overtook the Capitol. They see an opening against many of those members, including Representative Andy Harris, whom witnesses said nearly stoked a fistfight on the floor the night of the January 6th attack. Harris's current Eastern Maryland district is overwhelmingly Republican, but Democrats in Annapolis could draw a new congressional map that makes his district more competitive, and would-be challengers are ready to take advantage. Heather Mazur, a 2014 Democratic candidate for con- governor and former congressional staffer and state legislator, says she had not been considering a return to politics until January 6th, after which she decided to challenge Harris. It was like waking a hibernating bear. It's like my fiercest mama bear came out. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Man, we got a bunch of... That's... This is who we're fielding to fight back. We got, we got, you know what we got? You know what we got? Here's what we got. We got a bunch of fucking Amy McGraths and a bunch of Eat, Pray lovers, and we're running them against the most bloodthirsty people you can field. You're exactly right, Tom. It's like oh, running the fuck. Playing the goddamn Cleveland Browns against the fucking <laughs> fucking undefeated Miami Dolphins from the 70s. Oh, man. It's just unreal, man. I believe our Cleveland fans would be very mad to hear you say that because they're having a good season. Well, yeah, they, they, yeah. Um, Turned it around this year, boys. Congratulations. <laughs> um, Historically, I should say. Uh, sure, yeah. Try to walk it back now, Mr. Sorry, Cleveland, I love you. Um, GOP campaign officials, meanwhile, have brushed off the Democratic line of attack, arguing that many Americans are not familiar with the intricacies of QAnon, whose followers believe Trump was secretly battling a cabal of Satan-worshipping child sex traffickers who worked in the deep state of his administration. Oh, can you hear me, Tom? Yeah, I can hear you. I think Tanya dropped. Oh, did she? Shit. (laughs) We lost her. What are you going to do? Well, let's put a bow on it. All right. (laughs) Let me finish this. Uh, This is is the point I was kind of trying to make earlier. GOP campaign officials, meanwhile, have brushed off the Democratic line of attack, arguing that many Americans are not familiar with the intricacies of QAnon, 
whose followers believe Trump was secretly battling a cabal of Satan-worshipping child sex traffickers who work in the deep state of his administration. The real threats of QAnon, Republicans say, aren't as readily apparent to the average voter, unlike Democrats' policy proposals like policing or healthcare reforms. And they point out that all but 17 Republicans voted to condemn QAnon in a floor vote last fall. The three non-freshman Republican members targeted in the education... I wonder who the gotta-hear-both-sides were. <laughs> I myself would like to know. Um, this is hilarious because it then quotes a guy from the National Republican Congressional Caucus or Committee, whatever the fuck that their equivalent of the DCC is. Um, we are going to continue hammering House Democrats for their job-killing socialist agenda and leave elevating fringe conspiracies to the DCCC. <laughs> I mean, dude, Bro, yeah, yeah, you're, 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 dude, just a. <laughs> if this thing is a war, okay, let's just examine the tone. On one side, you got some fucking nerd saying. Well, either you're the party of college-educated people or you're the party of QAnon. Which is it? <laughs> and then on the other side, you have them, like, just, like, breathing fire down there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Well, the funny thing about this, the funny thing about this is that they literally say right here, they say it right here explicitly, that they think that many Americans are not familiar with the intricacies of QAnon. But at the same time, they think it's a big enough of a problem to tack it on to the GOP and then run with that and make it their entire fucking thing. Like, if it's not a big or well-known thing right now, why the fuck blow it up and try to make it bigger? No, it's, it's the Barbara Streisand thing, man. It's the Barbara Streisand problem. It's like, what you want to do is you want to minimize that. You want to ignore it, almost, because it's already on the way out. Well, and also, that's exactly right. Go for the people who can be brought in, but then again, I didn't work with Bernie, so who the fuck knows? Maybe nobody can but do there's it. There's like a ton, but there, there's like a lot of those people, QAnon people, that are like, oh, like they kind of see the ruse now that Trump's not in power or whatever. There's always going to be the true believers for sure. Right. But like you can already see, feel that stuff on the way out. You know what I mean? And they're going to try to pin it on them and have a resurgence of that shit. <laughs> It is. You're gonna have a, the second wave is gonna be even nutty, dude. You're right. I mean, you're right. With enough time, it'll just be metabolized within the GOP, like every right wing movement has been in the last fifty, sixty fucking years of the Republican Party. Something new gets brought up, incorporated into the, the things that they do like. They incorporate it. The things they don't like, they discard it, and then something new comes in ten years later. I mean, it's fucking clockwork at this point. <laughs> Here's what here's what'll happen. You'll see more Marjorie Taylor Greens run for office and get in there, and then eventually, it'll be like with the Tea Party thing. It'll just be like the GOP will just absorb that into their mainstream platform, and and uh, Johnny Ray Gilroy that from Kansas that got in there as a Republican. You know, he was saying that uh, you know that uh, uh, Mexicans have a third eye in the back of their head that. You know, that they always, you know, or some dumb race science shit, whatever it is, some batshit conspiracy theory. And right. then they'll just like act like, oh, no, that was never anything he said. Right, you know, right. He's just eccentric, whatever. <laughs> Remember when Rand Paul came on the scene and he, they, had, they had found out that he, like, did some sort of, like, uh, some sort of, like, he was in some sort of weird fraternity where they prayed to, like, a water god or something? Right. Like that. Yeah. Like, Rand Paul's in all this weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
and every and like every motherfucker in that goddamn house over seventy, like you know, got jacked off in a coffin when they were at Yale. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like like how you like yeah, the adults in the room. <laughs> If you were a member of Congress, you have absolutely, chances are, unless you're just some, like, howdy-doody motherfucker from wherever, like, if you're, like, went to any of these, like, big, like, Harvard, Princeton, Yales or something, like, you absolutely, like, got naked and, like, chugged malt liquor while somebody fucking jacked off in front of you or something, you know what I mean? Right. Oh, my God. Like, now, now, I'm, now we're getting into my belief system. <laughs> All right, let me top this one off here. <laughs> let me top you off, sir. But you know what I'm uh, saying, though. It's like, what, like, and they wonder, like, why they believe, like, why do people believe in all these crazy conspiracies? <laughs> well, it's because you and 18 of your rowdy friends go and butt fuck each other in front of a giant <laughs> owl once every four years and act like that's just boys being boys. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, on that note, there was, like, a new photo today, like, a new Epstein photo today published with him, like, holding a fucking four-year-old on a plane, literally. Did you see that? What, what's the what's the date on the photo? <laughs> I think the, the early 2000s, bro. Oh, man. God damn, dude. That's fucking <clears throat> dark as shit. Um, let me finish this one. Let me, let me uh, wrap this one up. Oh, this is a great way to end it. Happy, healthy voters don't show up to vote in midterms. It's the pissed-off, angry ones, said Ian Russell, a Democratic strategist who works with several endangered House Democrats. Who do you really want in charge? Do you want Joe Biden and the Democrats or this cast of crazy? It's not just QAnon. It's the whole package. Republicans have thrown us a midterm lifeline that we might not have had otherwise. <laughs> the fucking hubris. <laughs> a midterm lifeline we wouldn't have had otherwise. Right. Jesus Christ. God bless. See how that works out for you. Yeah. Yep. You know, once again... Just want to put my. I also like the tacit admission that they ain't shit, though. In that, right? We wouldn't, we wouldn't have had that other. We've been fucked otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like equal parts hubris and just like a cell phone. Right, right. Well, I mean, they don't have. To go back to your point, like they're going to tack it on to the Republicans and prolong it and make the resurgence even worse. But the reason they're doing this, this is because they don't have Trump to run against anymore. And now that Trump's gone, that's what they're doing again. They're just finding the closest enemy that they can, the the closest straw man that they can. Yeah, and it's well, and it's like I wonder too, though, man. It's like that shit is not that shit, that dog's not going to hunt. And I, like maybe maybe Biden wins re-election in twenty twenty four or whatever, right? Just because like. Usually, Democratic candidates get in there and whatever, and they'll have a second term, like with Clinton, Obama, or whatever. Right. But man, 2024, but maybe 2028. What what the fuck are you going to run on if you don't do some sort of sweeping, like FDR style program? I don't know, man. Like, if, if, if you are just thinking, like, let's just keep this thing humming along, like, you know, the Clinton, it's, Obama sort of playbook. It's tenuous like, man, as fuck, man. I mean, everybody knows that. That's the fascinating 
thing about this most this current moment. Everybody knows that ev- things are just a little tenuous. N- that things are just barely held together. Well, that's why revolution is in the air. You know, I don't. I hate to say that, like, and sound real corny about it, but you know what I mean. Like, people know that that like there's something brewing, and the you know what sort of like form that takes is again an open question. But yeah, can't stand. No, I mean I agree. Even if even if the quote unquote revolution never comes from the left or the right or whatever. You can't deny that some really crazy fucking things have happened in the last nine months or so. <laughs> yeah. That really pushed us all oh, man. to the limit. God damn. Yeah, it's you're right, man. It's uh, I. Uh, they better build their walls high, man. Is all I know because I don't. I wouldn't want that kind of smoke if I were in power. <laughs> a bunch of brain broken fucking. You know what I mean. Because, yeah, we're a housebroken country, but you can only stay housebroken for so long. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the people are either going to walk right into the wood chipper or they're going to, like, try to throw you in it. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the truth. One or the other. Yeah. Yeah, and you're going to run up against that wall sooner rather than later is my <laughs> hunch. And I don't know. Yep. Well, um... Well, let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Sorry, we lost Tanya. She just texted us. In fact, and she said, "Lostians." So, um, Rip, R.I.P. Um, thanks for tuning in this week, folks. If you want to go to the Patreon, go do it. I hear I hear the most recent ep was really good. Um, got we had a good one. I'm, I'm going to unlock it later. I tried to unlock it today, and for some reason the SoundCloud messed up. So we'll, yeah, but. we'll unlock it for you. You'll like it. Yeah. Um, but there's more content on the Patreon exactly like it. So uh, make sure you go check that out. www.patreon.patreon.com slash Party. Throw us five bones. Um, and enjoy that premium shit. That's some premium shit, man. All right. Well, thanks for listening this week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Same bat time, same bat station. That's Be right. Groovy. Adios. Yeah.